All right, all right. Welcome to the Made Men Monday. This is your man DB, transformed from trauma victim into a victor over trauma, and your emotional responsive coach. You are now inside the Made Men Project, where every Monday we are bringing you an empowering personal message to dismantle society's false sense of masculinity and change the male narrative. Thanks for coming through today. There's so much toxic masculinity out there. I grew up with the notion that the more masculine you are and the less you show emotion, the more of a man you are. Caramel Brown. My guest today is the most coolest, authentic, and down-to-earth guys I know, the Reverend Kenneth Weeks. Reverend Weeks is a proud and loving husband, father, grandfather, and a humble servant of the Lord. In this episode, Reverend Weeks shares his take on masculinity and why it was important for him to remember not only who he was, but also whose he was as he navigated through life. He shares his powerful connection with his parents and how they are both equally responsible for creating him into the man he is today. It's a powerful interview, so I hope you're ready. Make sure to share this podcast with others who you think can benefit from it. Just copy and paste the link. You can also view the interview on my YouTube channel at Derek Butler Empowers. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe, click the bell, and share. Remember to subscribe to the Made Men Project and leave us a rating and review. So now, let's get it. Hey yo fellas, we, we, made men, we made men, try to believe that within. I just wanna be a good man. Okay. I know you all, but tell me you a good man. Tell me you're a good man. So many men are being crushed. Societal demands to be tough. Yes, you, yes, you are enough. Okay. I just wanna be a good man. I can't relate to you, brother, cause you're a good man. Yes, you are a good man. I'm right beside you, I'm right behind you I know that life could be hard right? You're not a coward, you got the power For talking about your stars No, you're not so Let me inspire you, empower you because Society may want to see you fall You got another brother to call So many men are being crushed Societal demands to be tough Yes, you, yes, you are enough Don't bluff, okay I can't relate to you, brother Cause you're a good man Yes, you are a good man Hey, hey I'm here, my brother I love you. Yes, you, yes, you are enough. I just want to be a good man. I can't relate to you, brother, because you're a good man. Yes, you are a good man. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to the Made Man Podcast, where we have motivated, accessible, disciplined, and expressive men. We are here challenging the male narrative and dismantling this false sense of masculinity. I have a special guest here with me today, man, and I'm so excited to have him here. Um, he's family, he's blood, he's my cousin, my first cousin, but I have the Reverend Ken Weeks here with me today. How you doing, brother? Man, all is well, man. Everything is good, man. Oh, man, I'm glad to have you on, man. Tell us a little bit about yourself right now, brother. Um, well, hey, before I do that, let me just do this, man. Let me give you some love real quick, man. Let me say I appreciate what you're doing. Um, I've been following you for a minute, man, and um, you know I, I feel your passion and your enthusiasm with everything that you're doing, man. So big shout out to you, man. Keep it up. Keep oh, it up. Man, I appreciate that, cuz. I appreciate that, man. But um, yeah, um, you know, as my cuz said, I'm Reverend Ken Weeks. Um, my father, husband, um, I have three daughters, two grandkids. Um, you know, just trying to be the best man that I can be. Um, you know, it's it's really simple and straightforward for me. Um, yeah. You know, I just it's what it is, man. You know me. 
Hey, this this dude right here. So a little bit about Ken. He's not going to speak about it at all. He's a real chill, humble, laid back dude. But you know, I remember when, when I was younger, man. He's you know a couple years older than me, man. This is one of the smoothest, coolest, realest cats that I ever came in contact with. And when you hear the connotation reverend, like you can't put him in this box and think that he's just, he's a religious and holier than thou. I'm not saying he's out here backstabbing, but what I'm saying is he makes the being a follower of Christ, being, 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 you know, a humble servant of Christ, he makes it real. He brings it home and he shows you that I'm not perfect, but I strive every day to be better. And he was always an example for me and my brothers of, you know, you can be cool and still be all about God and doing the right thing and living right. So, you know, as you hear his laid back demeanor now, don't get me wrong, man, this brother is a really good dude, man. And he was an example to me and my brothers coming up, man, you know, of, of you know, what it is to truly be and do the things that you need to do and live that Christ-like life. And also, this <laughs> here, you won't talk about it, but fond memories of this dude, man, the car clubs. He was really in the car clubs when he was yeah, young. Yeah. And, and I still remember the VW. He had a Volkswagen, and that thing was – no, first, I remember the blue truck. Had, I don't know the order he had him in, but I, know the, I remember the blue truck. And that thing was sick, but he had this red VW, and he had a wall system in the back with like, was it four fifteens or something like that? Like, man, yeah, I was that stuff pretty heavy, man. man <laughs> this is like, it was amazing, man. But you know, you was always, you know, an example, you know, for me and my brothers, man. Of you know, just, just, just having fun, but also living right and doing well, man. So. For you, and, and I know that, but we're going to share with the people, for you, as when you were growing up, what was your example of a man? Like, what was, what, and who was your example of being a man? Um, this is going to sound a little funny. Um, my mom and my dad were, were good examples of manhood. Um, my, my, dad, my dad was pretty old school in the sense that um, what manhood meant for him was, like, you go to work and you take care of your kids and your family you know, through, by getting up and going to work every day. Mm. But at the same time, um, my mom really put a lot of things into me as far as, you know, how you treat women, how you treat yourself. Um, so they were both, they both really played really important parts into uh, what I am today. Um, I got I got a bit of the old school flavor from both of them. But, um, you know, throughout the years, I just ran into good people who were able to um, pour into me and, so I wasn't able to stay necessarily caught in the box of being old school, but at the same time, I was able to relate with, um, you know, what manhood should be for 2020. So hopefully that makes sense. It does. It really makes a lot of sense. I love the fact that pointed out your mom and, and that's huge because a lot of times, um, you know, when we talk about manhood, we always refer to it coming from a man or, you know, man, man, it has to be a man and one that's going to teach us. And I had a yeah. conversation the other day with um, you know, a doctor out of, I mean, out in uh, Michigan. Uh -huh. And she asked, like, can a woman raise a boy to be a man? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you know, my background, I come from a single parent. I come from a single mother. And right. I'm like, no, she can't raise me to be a man, but she can teach me certain things that are expected, you know, I mean, when it comes to traits of a male when it comes to you know what a man is supposed to do in regard to 
how to treat a woman, how to treat a female, how to be there for their family. So what's your thoughts on a woman being able to raise a man, a boy into a man? Um, man, <laughs> it's, it's, I, I think that, um, it kind of fits in our conversation, my, my life in the sense that, um, my dad was an over the road truck driver. Yeah. So, you know, he was on the road maybe two to three times throughout the week where we didn't see him. So a lot of what I did pull from being a man did come from my mom. So I think that, um, there's important things that a woman can pour into a man, but at the end of the day, there, there has to be throughout, throughout that journey, there has to be some type of male connection because I believe that a man can best display or share what man, what a man's role is positionally, both in his family and in his role as far as society goes. Because, you know, I think women can definitely, and they have and, and can, will continue to be um, important role models for men, but, but it can only go but so far. Um, not to say that it's any less or any more, but there's just certain things that I believe, just my thought, that um, women can do for, for men throughout their journey, both from when they're growing up to, you know, adulthood. Absolutely. I, I definitely agree, man. That's, that's deep. And, and the fact that you threw that in there about your mother has made me realize that, you know what, women do play a very important part into the growth and maturity of from a boy to a man. So I get that. Yeah. Um, as a boy, man, what did, what did being a man mean to you? Oh, man, I, <laughs> I, that's an interesting question. Um, I'm not sure that I really thought of it a lot as a young person directly, mm -hmm. um, other than just seeing my dad just getting up and going to work every day. Um, if something needed taken care of in the house, he took care of it. Yeah. If a car broke down, he took care of it. Um, you know, he always made sure that uh, when, when he was at home from driving truck, when he was at home, he always had my brothers and I with him. Um, if he was going out and about doing things, we were with him. If he was outside working on a car, cutting grass, we were with him. Um, it wasn't until, and, and forgive me if I'm jumping ahead, but it wasn't until um, we got a little older that um, he started pouring more um, relationally into what it meant to be a man. Um, a lot of that was just a lot of what I learned was just visual when I was younger. But as I got older, um, he began to pour more of himself and his experiences, his journey of manhood into me and into my brothers. And um, as I said, there were some other gentlemen along the way that were able to yeah. pour into me as well. Yeah. What was some of those things that your dad gave you that truly stood out to you and, and stuck with you throughout the years? Oh, man, my dad was... Um, he was a man of very few words, but what he said was usually impactful. Mm. Um, I'll give you a really good example. Um, when I bought my first house, um, it was raining out really bad. You know, I hate moving anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, my wife and I was moving the stuff in. The family was helping us move stuff in. I was just ready to get it done. So um, we got into the house. Uh, we put like the last piece of furniture in and my dad's standing by my doorway and he's looking outside and he's like, man, it's really pouring down, raining outside. He said, I guess you guys could really go through anything. Mm. And I was like, how in the world do you relate this pouring down rain to my walk in life? And it, yeah. it was so impactful for me yeah. that uh, I, just, man, I just broke down crying right there on the yeah. spot because I was like, wow, like where did that come from? So um, he was a person of very few words, but whatever he said, it was usually impactful and it, it would stick, it would stick to me. 
Um, another thing that he would share was like, if I was going out clubbing or if I was, uh, I mean, back in my school days, if I was going to a school dance or just yeah. hanging out with, or whatever, he would say, um, as I was leaving, he would just always say, remember who you are. Yeah. And, and that was it, man. He was just, you know, less is more type of person, but it, it always stuck to my ribs. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I get it, man. So, you know, being that, you know, your father, you say he wasn't a man of, 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 of many words. How were, how did you guys deal with the emotional part of it when it came to expressing your thoughts and your feelings? How did, how did that work for you? Yeah, he, um, <laughs> because, uh, because of trauma in his life, I didn't learn a lot of that from him. I learned a lot of that from my mom. Yeah. And, um, you know, she, she was really, um, man, she was just in a great position to help us to uh, let us to know that it wasn't, it wasn't a bad thing for a man to cry. It wasn't a bad thing for a man yeah. to show his emotions. Um, it wasn't a bad thing for a man to open the car door for his girl. Um, but it wasn't until, um, like I said, a lot of the relational things didn't happen with my dad and I and my brothers until we got older. And when that happened, man, I, I got to see and I got to hear a lot of his experiences. I got to see him, you know, broke down and um, shed tears and express his feelings um, that he wasn't able to share as a younger person. Yeah. And I got to, I got to learn a lot of that stuff. Um, thank God before he passed away. So, yeah. um, you know, I was, it, it really stuck with me. Even, you know, like I said, the visual was there, but the relational stuff came later. And, and when I put it all together, man, I just, it's just who I am today because of those two worlds uh, coming together. Right, right. And how does that impact you now moving forward? Now that you have those two worlds combined, mm -hmm. how does that impact you in your daily life with, with being a husband, being a dad, a granddad? How does that impact you? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can, um, I can look at the world through um, a lens that a lot of people are afraid to to look at the world through. Mm -hmm. uh, for example. There's, there's a brother that I follow on YouTube. His name is Dr. Darius Daniels. Mm -hmm. And um, he shares this principle. He, he calls it the principle of uh, perspective. Yeah. And, and what he says with that is he says, um, what you see or where you sit determines what you see. Mm -hmm. So what he meant by that is when, if you're sitting from a position of culture versus a position of life-giving relationships, um, it determines uh, the actions that come based off of what you see. So if I could just put that all together, yeah. um, what, I, what I mean by that is, is um, when, I, when I look at the world, I look at the world through a lens of I'm an empowered, I'm, a, um, I'm, in, I'm putting myself in positions to be successful, um, I'm putting myself in position to, to demand respect from people without even um, being intimidating by it. Um, I'm able to interact with people on a level that um, if I can be really transparent, I'm interacting with people who, when they see this African-American male, they're getting more than what they expected. Absolutely. Um, yes, um, I'm able to treat my wife in a way that um, as much as she pours into me, I can pour into her. Um, like I said, I have three daughters, so I have to be able to sit, sit with them and look them in the eye and show them that um, when, when you're looking to to get with a, a guy, you're not getting with that guy because you need him. You're getting with a guy because you, you want one, not because you need one. And I'm able to relate with them on, 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 on a female level as well, because I had my mother also pouring to me to help me to understand that um, 
you know, these are the ways that you interact with women. Um, you, you don't put yourself in position that where you're demanding things from them because that's not a true representation of love when you demand it. So there's just a, there's just a, I could go on and on and on. There's just so many things that, that put me in position just to be successful because yeah. if I'm honest, you know, the, the world that we live in, there, there's systems that are against black men. Yeah. So, so if we're not prepared, you know, we're putting ourselves at a deficit um, on beyond the deficit that's already against us. Absolutely. You know? I think one of those ways to be prepared is learning how to really manage and master those emotions. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I put a post out the other day about being mindful of your triggers, being mindful of the things that people out here doing so you don't yeah. react in a way that's going to cause you to be in an unsafe situation. Like, yeah. one thing to protect yourself and, you know, self-preservation is the best law known to man, but it's another thing to be intensely provoked and triggered and then mm -hmm. you respond in a way that where the same rules that apply to others who do things don't apply to you. You understand what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Yeah, so, yeah. My thing about it, when it comes to emotions, man, you know, as far you know, many men struggle with the emotions. When it comes to your emotions, what was harder for you? Whether was it identifying what you feel, processing mm -hmm. through what you feel, or effectively communicating the things that you feel? Um, I've never had a problem with communication. I would have to say that. Um, I would have to say that putting putting the dots together with how I felt yeah. and how it would come out. Um, I've never been afraid to cry, but at the same time, um, I would have to put myself in position to, to recognize where the tears were coming from. Mm. Um, you know, you have this big thing of emotions that's going on inside of your, your body and in your brain and in your heart. And, um, you know, just trying to determine where that was coming from, like, what was the source of it? And, uh, you know, once I got to the source of it, um, you know, I was, I, like I said, I never had a problem with communication, so I could communicate it. But um, I would even say today, sometimes that is a struggle, just determining what, what the source is. Um, because like your body will let you know, you know, when there's something going on inside. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, determining what that is often can be a struggle for me even today. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, I love it, man. You know, so many times we feel as men that one, we don't have emotions. And yeah. <laughs> feeling a certain emotion that that makes we that means we're weak or we're you know we're we're soft and things like that and you know that that that's so far from the truth, man. And that's what you know inhibits a lot of men from truly working through the things that are going on with them and being able to process and express what's going on. You know, our emotions are so so important, man. And it's yeah. and, and one thing I try to relate to men is that our feelings aren't the enemy. You're not mm. feel what you feel. The important yep. part is not allowing those feelings to dictate your behavior. Right. So, yeah. That's right. now that you're older, and how has your definition of of, of manhood or, or masculinity changed over the years? Um, I like I'm just one of the blessed ones that, despite the trauma that my parents had on mm. both of their sides, I just had two parents were, who just were willing to pour everything into their kids. Yeah. So I always had a good um, vision of what a male looked like. So right. I wouldn't say that it has changed. I would just say that um, it has evolved. Okay. Yeah. Um, I would say that it has evolved into um, an extension of what was shared to me. Right. Um, okay. I, I would say that it's, it's, 
their their focus more back in the days was um, more more of old school values and stuff like that. Like you go to work, you come home. You know that was simply the definition of a male that way. Well, you know the the evolution for me has been like I've taken those values of um, you know going to work and taking care of my family and, and doing all that stuff to also being that person who is relational with my family. Yeah. Um, I, I sit down and talk with my wife. I sit down and talk with my daughters. I'm intentional about doing those things. I'm intentional on um, asking them how they feel. I'm intentional on telling my wife how I feel. I'm intentional on um, being a better listener and rather than talking all the time. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to be an active listener rather than a shadow listener. Yeah. Um, you know, just, just the evolution of what was poured into me and taking the, 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 the old school mentality and kind of merging it with um, a better understanding of, just like you said, you know, taking your emotions and being able to verbalize those things yeah. rather than having a mindset of, you know, you don't have to be this strong, um, intimidating male to define you as a, ma as a man. It's like, I'm, I'm a man and I express my emotions. So that's, that's if anything, that's more strong, showing more strength when you're able to do those things. So, you know, if you put it in that perspective, um, if I can put extend on any extend on that even more, um, nowadays it's it's still a problem in my eyes where you have a lot of young brothers who uh, feel as though that uh, masculinity is defined by having their chest poked out or how hard they are or how many females they got or this or that, and um, you know it's, it's just so far from the truth of it of the matter. I mean, brother, I'm, that's you, you're hitting the nail on the head. So say, keep going, brother. Like that's that's real stuff. My question to you, and 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 I, I seen you growing up, and I saw like how like just how cool, laid back you are. You weren't an aggressive, rah 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 type of person. How did you bump up against the expectations of masculine societal norms when it came to your peers and other dudes your age? Because you was always in the church. Like you was always in church, you was always serving the Lord and doing. So how did you bump up, or how did you manage and deal with other people's expectation of what a man should be or what you should be as a man? Mm, well, that's a big question. Um, uh, man, I I just have to. I can't take any credit for myself, man. I I just had really strong parents, and um, um, even when I didn't want them to, they they forced the Lord down my throat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Um, and, and as you said, you know, I've always been in the church, but the church wasn't always in me. Right. So, so I, I, after, although my parents were my example, as I got older, um, my, I, I began to uh, focus my life more on the example of what Jesus has shown me. And I mean, it don't get no harder than Jesus. Yeah. Like, yeah. like he was a true boss. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know nobody who died for the sins of the world and took all that weight on himself. Right, right, so, right, right. Absolutely. So, yeah. So when you take and you try to model your life after, um, the, you know, the principles and the walk of Jesus Christ, I mean, we not only was he God, but he was a man too. Yeah. So Jesus, Jesus got mad. Jesus got upset. Jesus cried. Mm -hmm. Um, Jesus was relational. He, yeah. he sat with, he sat with sinners. He, um, he was transparent. So, yeah. um, you know, just when it when it came to bumping heads with with uh, what society or what other people or what culture has said about um, their ideas of masculinity, it was it was um, I would say in my younger years, I would I would dibble and dabble of 
you know, into what that looked like. Yeah. But it just didn't sit with me. It, right. it just didn't. Um, right. Uh, it was it was too much work to be honest. Like that's work. <laughs> that was too much work, man. I, I don't got time for I don't got time to fake in front for everybody else. So it was like, um, you know, uh, I, I wasn't that guy to be trying to get all kind of females and all that. I ain't saying that I wasn't a, you know, I tried to do my thing or whatever. I, you know, I tried to do that, but um, at the end of the day, it was like, um, like that's just not what it is. That's that's just not the view of of what I was shown to to what a male looked like and. Usually whenever, um, you know, I had some good, some good brothers that I hung out with, but they was about a lot of the wrong stuff. And what ended up happening was um, a lot of them went down the wrong roads and they didn't come to realize that their view of what a man looked like led them down a lot of the wrong paths. Yeah. And so, you know, as they got older, and this is no, no dig against them, a lot of them ended up looking like the life that they went through. Yeah. And, um, so as a result, you know, I was able to, to, to pull away from, you know, those ideas of, of what manhood looked like um, only by the grace of God. And, um, you know, I, I sit in front of you today um, only, you know, only blessed and by the grace of God to, to be what I am today. So when it came to that, uh, trying to intersect those two worlds, it just it ended up rather an intersect. It ended up just being a, a clash. It just it just didn't work for me. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that, that's a great point. Man. And, and, I, and I think for you, like, because you was in the car scene, you had a bike at, at one point in time, you was out, yeah. but you was able yeah. to remain true to your version of who you are. And yeah. Yeah. You, you know, you you know, like, with me with football, it, it, it was about yeah. how hard you can hit, how fast you can run, how many girls you can get. So when you, when you have these subcultures, whether the bike life on the car scene is always these expectations of what being a man yeah. actually is. And I think that's damaging for a lot of people because who's to say really what manhood is? Like, you, there's not mm. a one size fits all for mm. the ideal of a man. So yeah. when it comes to you, what were some things that you would pass on to the younger generation or any man that's listening about masculinity and what that means? Um, I think the first thing I would say is, uh, you know, whether you're a Christian or not, you know, I, I, I understand that there's a lot of people who aren't believers and stuff like that, but, um, I would just say that just try to, to find someone who models, um, what a man looks like, um, as best you can, um, try to, try to, try to educate yourself as best you can. Um, I think that if, if what you're doing currently isn't working for you, try to just try to find someone who's doing better. And it's not even necessarily that you have to um, approach them and talk to them, you know, how they're doing what they're doing. But if you just pay attention to what they're doing, um, you, you'll get a lot of nuggets into their life just by what they're, what they're showing you versus what they're telling you. And then on top of that, if, um, if what they're what they're showing you becomes attractive to you, um, have a conversation. Yeah, have a conversation with them to see um, how they got to be what they are. Um, there's there's nobody alive that has the perfect life. Uh, we all have bumps and bruises that we have went through, and um, you know when you see the scars on a person, um, whether they're internally or external, um, there's stories to those to those uh, marks on their body and the marks on their heart. So. 
you know, it's good to hear a person's story and uh, let, let those stories uh, speak to you because there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of um, unexposed and a lot of hidden knowledge that a lot of people have that um, if we're just willing to take the time to listen, you know, we will all benefit from it. So um, change your perspective. Um, how do you, how do you view, how do you view life? How do you view um, culture's idea of a male versus um, the idea of, of a life giving person rather than a life taking person? Um, so um, change your perspective, get a, get a better perspective. If you, if you feel you have the wrong perspective, um, that, that helps a lot. So, you know, how you see things determines um, your actions behind it. Yeah. Uh, so, so, you know, those two things, just perspective of how you see things and just, just pay, try to pay attention to people that you feel um, are, are doing more action rather than lip service. Absolutely. That's, that's key right there, man. Especially the part about action. Yeah. Action yeah. way louder than words, man. It's yeah, it is, man. It is. It is. Because, <laughs> you know, nowadays everybody's saying something. <laughs> everybody. Yeah, there's, there's chat. Like, we, you have to distinguish between that chatter. You have to really discern between everything that you're hearing, man, because you're hearing so much. And, you know, a lot of times it's easy to get caught up in that, which you think it is supposed to be. But, you know, it comes down to defining what it means to defining your values, defining clarity around your standards, and then holding to them and living that life that you desire and deserve. I think a good point you said, if, if and I'm going to paraphrase you, but if you're not getting the outcomes that you want, yeah, yeah, that's a key teller right there. That, that means something isn't working. Yeah, something got to change. <laughs> yeah, we have to do something differently, and a lot of times, and I, and I say this to men often, man, we you, you have to get out of that river in Egypt called denial. You understand? You have to stop, like, stop denying and allowing yourself to make excuses and feel comfortable when you're not getting what you want. Like, our outcomes are direct reflection of the life that we're living, the choices that we're making. And mm -hmm. if you're not getting outcomes you want across all areas of your life, then it's a problem. We have to do something different. So that's yeah. Yeah. I mean, let me ask you this, man. And as men, we don't want to acknowledge this. How do you how do you deal with stress? Like we get stressful. So what are some things you do to manage your stress for the challenges you face daily? Um man, big, big, big question. Um, um number, believe it or not, I actually wash my car for <laughs> why not? Yeah, why not? <laughs> like like I I either wash my car, cut my grass, or drive, depending on what it is to, to yeah. relieve stress. Wow. Um, just, just the everyday norms of, you know, dealing with people on the regular, um, you know, just the, just the, the thought of, you know, the bigness of taking care of yourself, taking care of your family, making sure they're all straight. Um, the craziness of, of this COVID-19 and all that, um, a, a big stress reliever for me, like I said, is washing my car or cutting grass or, um, driving. I like to drive. If it's nice outside, I like to be outside and just, um, you know, being in that air. But um, if it's something that's really, really troubling me or really weighing on my heart, um, you know, I, I try to talk to my wife, man. My wife's my best friend. Um, you know, we talk about everything and anything. And, you know, we bear each other's burdens, man. We carry each other's weight. Um, I also have a, uh, I have a mentor um, who, um, although he and I don't live in the same state, man, we're, we're just a phone call away. 
Um, I've, I've, I've called him up on several occasions and um, just unloaded. And uh, man, he's, he's poured a lot into me um, throughout the journey. And, um, you know, just that, that's important, man. Have, being able to have someone that you can share with, which, um, which men don't really necessarily gravitate to doing. So, and, and I'll be the first to tell you, like, I, I don't share my business with everybody. Right, and, right. You know, I just, matter, matter of fact, to be honest with you, I don't even trust well. Yeah. Um, so to be able to learn how to trust has um, helped me to deal with stress even in that regard. So, um, you know, on the light side of things, just, just going outside, washing my car, cutting grass. Um, when things get a little intense, just sharing with my wife first and foremost and, um, you know, my mentor. And, um, you know, as also being a Christian, you know, I just, you know, I laid at the foot of the cross too, man. So um, it's important. You know, that's, that's awesome to hear. You know, stress is so natural. We're going to deal with it. We're going to have overwhelming thoughts and feelings or distressing thoughts and feelings or uncomfortable thoughts and feelings. We're going to have situations that come up. And I, and I relate to men all the time. It's not what happens to us, but how we handle it. Yeah, yeah. The, the clients that I work with, man, I, I'm always talking to them about how do we manage the things that are coming up in our life? We've got to create mm-hmm. a safety plan. And basically, the safety plan is basically just about finding our joy. Like, if you yeah. ask people what they like to do, they can't really tell you what they want or what they like to do because they never really take time to think about it. But the way mm-hmm. to combat that stress, to practice that self care, to do things that you like, to do things that bring you joy. And for you, you're not there washing your car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For me, it's, it's taking a long drive or hopping on a motorcycle and just yeah. riding out with the music blasting. Yep, yep. Those are the things that bring me joy and allow me to work through the stress to make sure I'm responding more effectively, thinking more clearly, and able yeah. to deal with it and manage it. So I love the fact, that, I'm going to throw this phrase on it, but I love the fact that you practice self love. So, yeah, oh, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And yeah, a lot of people don't want to identify <laughs> with that, but. Yeah. What it is we have to practice that self-love and self-care to combat the daily grind of the yeah. day the week the month of relationships of expectations of being a father uh, yeah you have to you have to man yeah yeah you have to i mean um as a male we we understand that the weight the weight of the world is on us yeah and um if i can even extend on that even more as a as an african-american male um, absolutely you know there's a lot there's a lot a lot a lot that we're up against man we have a whole system that's against us mm-hmm. um you know to try to navigate through that in a way where um we can be impactful without being intimidating um that's that's a big deal yes i mean to um you know dealing with all that and then to come home and have to carry the weight of you know, your family and all that along with it. Like that's, that's a big, big deal. And then another thing that you mentioned that I really like that you said is that, um, you know, trying to find your joy, yeah. like, like that's super important because culture says nowadays that, um, that culture would rather have us focus on happiness yeah. rather than joy. Yeah. And, and we, we got to know that difference. Happiness is temporal, whereas joy is what's lasting. Brother, I say that one more time. I don't think a lot of people, understand that like yeah i heard yeah. franklin say it before like you know happiness depends on happening you understand what i'm saying but right. break that right. down one more time brother yeah man happiness is you know those things that um you know they're temporal things like we can we can be happy that it's a beautiful day but there's another day that's coming 
Um, but but joy, joy is what's last lasting. You know, we it's 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 a good day today. It might be a bad day tomorrow, but wherever your focus, joy is, that's what's lasting. So so joy is what 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 sticks. Whereas happiness is temporary. Man, I, I love it, brother. I love it. That is very impactful. And he says something else too about as far as being a black man, man, trying to be impactful without being intimidated. Yeah, that's yeah. crucial in this world, man. To yeah, to to, to be you. And to you know, let your let your greatness shine in the world without intimidating people, while also making sure you're not shrinking yourself. Right. Just don't feel intimidated or uncomfortable. So that's that's a tricky you know path to navigate. Matt. It is. Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm gonna ask you one last question, brother. And, and I kind of, I think I kind of know what it is. I want to hear you say, it, brother. Like, what type of legacy are you leaving in this world? Oh wow. <laughs> um wow, I, I I'm I'm really thinking about that as as we uh as we're having this conversation now. That's something that's been on my mind. Yeah. Um, you know, I recently uh start uh, went back to uh seminary and um began my journey journey in uh pastoral leadership again. Okay. And um that's that's something that has um come across my heart and my mind. Like what will I leave? Yeah. Um so I think the short of it is, is that um, I'm leaving a, a really good family behind. If, should I leave this earth? God forbid. But if I do, I'm leaving a good behind, good family behind. Um, I, I believe people will understand that I'm a man who never compromised what I believe. I never compromised myself. Um, that uh, a man who his, loves his family, um, who wants to see all people do good no matter who you are. Um, and that's, it's not, it's not a period right there. I think my legacy is still developing. That's for sure. But, um, at this present time, you know, that's where it's at right now. So man, I just, I just want to, as, as the cliche said, I just want to see people win. Right. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, it's just right there, man. That's where it's at right now. Man, that's, that's, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Listen, brother, I appreciate you taking time with me today, man, to help me dismantle society's false masculinity, man, and put your spin and your twist and your truth on this, on changing this male narrative, man. Um, yeah, yeah. Cousin, I love you, man. And Likewise, man. Love you, brother. Go on, brother. You too, man. You too. All right, good brother. Hey, hey. I'm here, my brother. You know I love you. Yes, you, yes, you are enough. I just want to be I can't relate to you, brother, cause you're a good man. Yes, you are a good man.